1: and thank you so much for joining us on the Cindy Cochran Show. Uh, We hope that you're having a great day. Oh, this weather has been so good. Now, it's going to get a little bit warmer and so, but don't panic. It's supposed to come back cool. But I went out and tried to enjoy every nanosecond of it because I wanted to remember what it felt like. Now, you know what? He's, I have to give my, I have to give up my phone. (laughs) I sat there and I was going to I was going to say, do I need to call and remind your, your dad? And he said, no, he'll remember. And then I forgot to turn it off. I'm sorry. <coughs> okay, let's start over. Anyway, uh, I want to thank our sponsor, first of all. The He's so great. Chris, Chris Wooten is so wonderful. And the Wooten Financial Group is a wonderful place to go and uh, talk about your retirement. So you can get the money out from under the mattress and you can... You know, he'll tell you what to do with it. and uh, But but he he wants to have a first meeting, no charge, and you'll kick the tires, like he says, and then you'll figure out if you like each other and uh, and all that. It's not if you have enough money, because he says that doesn't matter. You just come in there, and we'll talk about how to grow that money and how to, to make it work. So anyway, I told him, I said, well, what about that commercial where they say, you know, you're probably... Already retired, and you don't even know it. <laughs> and He goes, I don't know why they say. I don't know why they say a lot of those commercials. It's they should have some kind of, you know, restraint on the stuff that they say. But anyway, but speaking about business, finance, and all that stuff, we've got a great show today, and it's uh, nepotism is alive and well on the radio. And we've got Richard's dad is also Richard Schischler the third and richard shishler here is the fourth right that's right okay last time i checked okay <laughs> thank you so much for being here
0: well, well i'm excited at the opportunity As uh, some of your listeners to know we do a show here at lone star community radio called the weekly business hour right uh, and we've been able to gather listeners not only from the montgomery harris county area but when we checked it last we had listeners across the country and actually had a handful of people around the world that listen to us on a regular that, basis so
1: that is so cool i i love that because we do have that we'll always say and we're worldwide uh, you know on the internet and so you never know who's you know you know uh oh you know what you do on the computer and you make it go this way anyway um i don't i don't know the computer very much Rick, you, you would love to have me as a client because you go, Cindy, we've got to start all over. No, but as you go through, the scroll through your computer and, uh, t- you know, you say, that looks like an interesting show. So I think I'll do that. Now, unless you say something like, I'll make you rich in 10 days, but you don't say that, do you?
0: No, and, and our shows are a combination of local meaning Montgomery County, particularly Conroe, Texas, the county seat, right. where we're broadcasting live from today, uh, of, of, of entrepreneurs, small business people. And they come in and share their stories with us. And every story is a bit different. Sometimes they're really different. Uh, sometimes we have partners come in. Uh, husband and wife have built a business together, and those are probably the most fun for me. <laughs> uh, to kind of see if they really do communicate, and they each hold different <laughs> roles. And right. it's, it's amazing, and it's very educational, which is the heart of what we're trying to do.
1: But and do you ever find out that it, it, when you talk to those partners, do you have a sense that the marriage is going to last, or do you feel like how are they ever going to do this because they have such opposing views and they're opinionated? Well,
0: I, I don't know that I've found people opinionated or opposing views, Probably more so if you want to look at that side of things. uh, It's where you're not necessarily pulling your your weight. You know, in other words, I'm over here doing what I do very well. For example, I'm doing the in-house or admin work, and you're out there, you know, delivering the product or service or overseeing that. And so my criticism, if you will, will relate to, well, I'm doing all of this, but you're not doing everything you can to make it ah. successful but that's not often uh, I've, I've had some pretty incredible people mm-hmm. as far as way they do it and you know when a business is doing well because mm-hmm. they're just they're they answer each other's questions they it's, it's just amazing you get a sense of it
1: well and how long they last too is a is a really big deal because especially now I can remember you know businesses that have been in business for 50 years and you feel like okay this is pretty well established and stuff but then you see those mom and pop things come and go and and during the time where we've had epidemics and all that kind of stuff and how they have to hang on trying to hang on and whenever that came did were you getting more business whenever the pandemic came?
0: Uh, the pandemic I think what the main challenge I saw was not necessarily to husband and wives or partners uh it was the challenge to those of us who were approaching uh the time say in the next five to ten years or less of uh, of you know selling our business exiting they call it now that's kind of a buzzword Uh because you can transfer to family or or employees or whatever game plan you have and people move that up instead of waiting another five years they decided because of the challenges, the special challenges right. that COVID gave to each and every one of us personally and our businesses, our jobs, whatever, uh, that they were going to, you know, push that forward. Uh, and I saw a lot of people just close their business. They just had enough, yeah. even though they had value there that potentially, if handled properly, they could have sold and monetized their investment of time and and money and whatnot, and building a successful business, uh, they just felt like, hey, I'm tired. I talked to so many people, and oh. I think the weariness, if you will, is what the, the major impact I saw on small business uh, was, the weariness.
1: You're right. there's was so worn down and so many regulations coming at them and so many things that they you know mandated to do and all. And, it, and it, you just can't imagine what that would be like in charge of all those people and their families and you know and they all become like families those small business and and having to figure out how am i going to hold them how am i going to keep them on it's just too much
0: well and i I, if if you know me and what i believe about business and what i've learned because during my career i i grew up in a family business sauce and and the business grew and it went into different businesses it grew into different businesses so I had a chance to really see things start and see where they went. I learned, hopefully, from the mistakes that others made because I had a ringside seat, and right. it was part of it, but still. And then when I had the five separate different businesses that I, uh, over a 20-some year period that I started, bought, developed, and then sold, uh, it's, it's all about having a plan, mm-hmm. and there's no magic to that. I, I, you know, And I know you'll have people that will hear this, and, but I say it all the time. You can, your plan could be on a page, one page, or it could be 50 pages like an MBA would do or you do for a big bank loan. It doesn't matter. It's whatever works for you that you not only plan, but you utilize it. And part of that is an exit and having a strategy of saying uh, one of my fellow Silver Fox advisors, in fact, one of the founders, Monty Pendleton, uh, one of the first things I ever did when I joined that group 20 years ago attended a seminar that the group was putting on and had a hundred plus entrepreneurs, small business people. And Monty got up there and he took a dollar bill and he handed out a brand new dollar bill to everybody in the audience. And he says, "Pull your pen out. I want you to do three th- three things for me. First, I want you to write on that dollar bill when you want to exit the business that you're either have in place or you're thinking about starting. Just Put a date out there somewhere, a year, whatever. In other words, you're looking to do this for five years or ten years. Think about it, but you need to decide that now. And then the second thing is, what what do you want to exit with? How much money? What are you hoping to walk away with? Uh, and then lastly, which is probably the most difficult question: Who are the buyers that you want to entertain? Are they strategic buyers? Are they people like yourself that want to just buy a business? Or are you going to transfer it to family? That's what you hope. In 20 years, your plan could change. Sure. But he put on that dollar bill, and then you frame it right and put it behind the counter, just like the first dollar you take in used to be a a common thing. And he Uh. says, that'll act as a guide as you make major decisions. Well, that's a plan. In that case, for exiting, gives you something to work towards. And we make a lot of decisions in a business, whether we're in a pandemic or not. And if we don't have a plan, Again, an exit plan or another, you know, there's business plans. Renew them every year. Write it up every year. Share it with key people that work with you, vendors, even customers. This is what I'm trying to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, seek other people's advice. Let them look at it. Uh, don't be afraid. And the more people you typically share it with, the better chance you are of going to be able to succeed with that plan. So why is that it's all sound- about planning.
1: It's, you know, that sounds just like losing weight. You know, when you decide that you're going to lose weight and you say you're supposed to share it with at least 15 people and then and then let it be out there and that you feel like you'll be guilty if you haven't shared it. So since I've only shared it with five, I don't really feel bad. Well, you don't lose but any weight
0: because you no, haven't shared it, no, right? No,
1: not, not, not enough people because <laughs> I'm afraid they will hold me to account accountability. And But it's also probably hugely disciplined. Like, if you're a disciplined person, can you tell, like, pretty quick, when somebody comes in, clients that want to start this business, and and you ask them about their plan and about that, that if you, do you get a hint or just a feeling like, I don't think this is for you, do you have to tell them, or do you just try and help them go?
0: No, I would say, because one of the things I personally enjoy doing what I'm doing as a Silver Fox advisor, and I'm right at 20 years of doing this, is to share what I've learned mm-hmm. and, and help people succeed and, and meet or exceed the plan that they have in place, particularly the exit. And about half the time someone asks to sit down, because I have that free, uh, like Mr. Wooten, you know, that free hour we'll sit and we'll talk. Oh, that's about great. About half the people I sit down with to have that discussion who are not already in business, they've got this idea what they want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I will work to convince them not to do it because there's not a fit and that's something I think a lot of people miss yes you know it's always well they don't have the money they don't know those are the obvious ones but you know what I find a lot of folks they're thinking about going into the wrong business for them their personality uh, who they are and I try to determine some of that Mm -hmm. and you can dig real deep on that but they, they may have a, good, uh, a big idea. Most of the time, businesses are started not on big ideas, but taking an existing idea and doing it better. Right. And uh, i never forget one time I had somebody, and he was going into a business that required a high degree of customer service. He would have a lot of consumers, right? And he didn't really like people. And and, I mean, you got that. He was a smart guy. He was a good guy. Uh Uh, He had the money. Uh, You know, he had a plan, uh, but he really didn't enjoy. And and so I told him, heads up, I said, I get the impression that you don't really enjoy being around a lot of different people. So what are you going to do when you have to serve a customer? Or more importantly, if they come back with a problem, an issue, how are you going to deal with that? Because I sense that Inside, at least, you're going to be irritated by that because you just don't want to deal with it. I, t- I think you're in the wrong business.
1: What'd he say? Um,
0: he, we didn't engage. Uh, I didn't engage with him. And uh, he left kind of with a, thinking about it, but I'm afraid sometimes people go too far. They say, well, I shouldn't be in business. I, well, there are businesses in, that you can go in where you're right. insulated from uh, that I'm, to some degree. I'm
1: surprised you didn't say I. No, that's what my people do. Yeah. My people handle those problems. But you have no problems. people when you start, yeah, and then you bring right. them
0: on. But, but anyway, there's, I think it's very important that people, it's it's obvious, but so many people I've met in my career, uh, hundreds, thousands of people, are just in the wrong business for them, for their families too. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- that's one thing for being in business for yourself. It's not just about you. It's about your family. Now, whether, you, whether you're married and have children or whatever, or it's just, you know, you're – parents or brothers and sisters or whatever you have family and one way or another they're impacted by what you're doing
1: well and, and if they're you your partners your yeah, silent partners but if you want to use them in the business well, that's that's another that's story that you've got to be so careful about because you're going to force those kids into coming in and we're going to we're um, starting this uh, you know, this business, and uh, we're gonna do this all together. And they say, what, what is the business? And it's, it's, it's uh, we're gonna be doing dry cleaning. What? Dry clean? I have no idea what dry cleaning is. I don't care about dry cleaning. So you, you can't force them into it. You, you'd hate to have those kind of employees. But it, a lot of people do try and just use the whole family, especially in restaurants and things like that, that they use the whole family, and you, you watch their kids grow up, it's, now they're serving you. And it's, it's interesting how they keep that together. I mean, I, I give kudos to people that can keep the you know, the same family members in that restaurant business and let them take it over and do that. That, to me, is like the dream, if you could do that.
0: Yeah, for a lot of people. Some people, mm-hmm. it's the actual selling of the business, building the value, selling it for a million dollars and retiring to Florida. And, or, in this case, what you're mentioning, uh, you know to tra- what I call transfer the business to family. I share a story I read in fact earlier today it was a true story of a family in Pennsylvania uh, and they have four generations in the business. And wow. uh, yeah it's pretty interesting. and uh, grandpa's, I think 86, it said. but his father started the business, right? And they were have a sawmill in fact have two sawmills and they started in the lumber business and uh, it was really interesting how it evolved they ended up in the flooring business uh specialty flooring high end uh and that was the son it was the grandfather now and then his son started the flooring thing and added it I mean they're all in one business uh but they call it companies plural so and then the youngest one who is a daughter granddaughter niece whatever she uh Uh, does their social media and she had left and was 20 some years old early 20s working somewhere else not in the same city but when they asked her to come do that because they you know this especially this flooring business is something you do all over the country or whatever anyway the long and short of it is she says I would I'll do it but I want to work remote and I don't want to live in our town of 600 I want to live in Pittsburgh and so they allowed that uh, even though Grandpa says, "Well, how do you manage someone? How do you know if?" Her? Well, it's it's my great granddaughter or whatever. I know she'll work, and sure right. enough, uh, it's it's just thrived in the six years I think she's been there. Uh, the whole thing, the website and all that, she took. So it is. That's amazing. It's, it's a challenge to. It's like those moving parts, and you're able to successfully bring them together.
1: Well, I think that you know a lot of people have a grandiose idea. Idea. They think it's a grandiose idea. They think it's like never been done before. We're gonna we're gonna you know, just corner the market on that and get so excited about it. And they think all they have to do is make this idea known to people. That's where, you know, the social media now before it's TV we had three channels and you advertise on those three channels and you probably will get your, you know, across. But not not now. Now as there's so many different ways that you can advertise and so many different avenues, it's to me amazing because when cable came along and I, I was in with Time Warner and realized now all this that's been on Channel 2, 11, and 13 has now has got to be, you know, just torn apart. But all those, all those uh, salesmen at those different companies, at uh, Channel 13 and Two Eleven did not believe that it was ever going to take off. That just—I look back on that and it's so funny. It's like, um, you know, like oh, that TV. Yeah, it's not going to—it
0: wasn't going to take off.
1: No, they said, you know, it's—it's cheap. It's just you—you're not selling for anything, and they were making, you know, they sold their time for a lot because they had a lot of viewers. And they said, how are we going to know how many people are watching y'all? And uh, it's—you have no idea. So you can't go in there like we can and and do that. It was about. Maybe five years later those people were calling me for jobs they wanted to get in on this because their clients were saying well i can get this on Warner cable for this much how can why are y'all selling me this? and so it was um it was really difficult you know for them to make that transition but they realized the value of of what <laughs> we had but it did it just it just took everything down to such a level of you the eyeballs you were trying to get, everybody was trying to get all these eyeballs. And it wasn't, it wasn't going to happen until, you know. Now we're more established, but we only ha- we have more channels now. There's even more channels coming on, and now you've got the podcast coming and th- and things like streaming and all. So, how do you, how do you counsel and advise your clients about advertising? Do you just start with the social media and then kind of work their way out?
0: Well, uh, it depends the kind of business. And I'll share a quick story with you, of actually, that I was involved in. Uh, and this goes back five, ten years ago, even when this all was, like, it, it's built. And it's still getting momentum. The splits are still happening. The options become more and more numerous. Yes. Uh, good idea. Folks had a good idea. And that was uh, use the website, use the Internet to ser- sell burial services, primarily cremations. And do it for a lot less money than someone could go down to their local funeral home. So right. it was on price; they were, you know, 30 percent cheaper, and it was easy to take care of. And in their group, their their startup group of partners, they had two people with experience with uh, funeral home business—one lifetime. That's all he'd ever done is run them. He had licenses because you have to have licenses. There's a lot of, in certain states, it's very difficult. Mm -hmm. Like in Chicago, there's a monopoly. I think they told me like three different families have the whole city covered up and you can't get in. (laughs) But anyway, so that's that's a barrier, if you will, to going in the business. But they had figured it all out. And in that case, I had one of my sons, one of Richard's brothers, who's a financial guy, and uh, runs numbers and works large businesses. And I asked John, I said, look at this business. Tell me what you see. And he actually came to a meeting with some of the principals. And he says, I see a business that's got to be scaled up. And that's one of the new mantras today. The first one is it used to be real estate, real estate, real estate. Wherever you're located, it's so important, whatever your business is. Well, now it's marketing, marketing, marketing. Yes, You've really got to handle And in this case, scalability. He says, you can put this business together. It sounds like you've got the mechanics worked out. You can go over the 48, 50 states. But if you don't have millions of dollars to market the business, Mm -hmm. the social media and da-da-da, then once you start rolling it out, you're going to get competition left and right because Mm -hmm. the funeral home people, they've got the licenses, they've got the knowledge and uh, even though it is difficult to go in different states, they all have different laws. So to answer your question, it is marketing, marketing, marketing. Uh, one of my favorite things to do, though, is to work with a, a small local business. You mentioned restaurants. Mm-hmm. Uh, it could be any kind of store business, Main Street, we call it, right? Uh, that is a neat uh, opportunity to market a business because marketing local uh, yes you have a lot of choices but it's neat to go into a marketplace and you have 10 20 50,000 prospects and you just work locally and you right. put that location on the map uh, I, I guess as an individual somebody who loves business uh, the return uh, I just it's it's like birthing a baby for for me is you can really see it. Now, mm-hmm. if you have a national business, it takes longer, and yes, you'll see sure. the numbers. But in the local business, you can walk in and see the customers uh, yes. and tell how it's doing. Yes. And I don't know That's why every business on Main Street, every business doesn't do local marketing, social media, so on and so forth, well, because it's a natural.
1: I was with uh, Time Warner. I went there, and I, I went in as uh, – executive producer of doing commercials and they weren't selling they were not selling them at all they, they made no money on that they just wanted me to go in and give them an idea wh- what i I'd do with their commercial and uh and that's what we do it and they like it or not like it but we did that without uh, giving them any kind of incentive to like you want to own part of this and you want to be a part of this you know, I want you to be that. And I told the president, I said, we could make money, and they'll pay. No, they're not going to pay. They're not going to pay because they want to be on 2, 11, 13. I said, they will pay if we do, get it at the right price. So we started doing that, and that was what was so interesting was I, I, I tried to watch the channels and see who I think would be in, on best on what channel and what it would do for them. And the TLC channel came out. And uh, it was about home, you know, what what you can do to your home and all that stuff. And it was very uh, family-like oriented and all that. And so the s- smaller businesses ate that. Uh, they, they were getting such response they couldn't believe it. This was on a, on a cable channel. And it was like the only channel that was really doing that. And so I thought, this is great. If we really understand and we can pu- place them and they've got a, a lot of of course, variety that you can put them on that that uh, it may go well, but it was it was really hard going to get people to understand that yeah you it's not like you got thousands of people you know like uh, that's going to call you up right immediately and that's what they expected as soon as they hit they want how many calls they got and so uh, when after we did that it really did help it it helped have. Uh, like testimonials from them to talk to the other people and that's all I did I would we'd go to somebody's place of business and I said you got to have testimonials that's just I think in the market and you're just beginning you need to have them believe other people really like your product or whatever it is and you see today that's still like balance of nature my word um that's all they like all they use so that's I don't think that'll ever go out of style the testimonial stuff and do you ever suggest things like that to your your people?
0: Well, testimonials used to be part of the bread and butter of, of putting together, well, a website. That was one of the things on the checklist. That's right. Get testimonials. I mean, there are books or chapters in books that are written about how to successfully get a testimonial. Right. And, and they're a challenge. And a certain kind of testimonial works better than, you know, you almost want to write it and give it to the person and say, read it. And if it's true, sign it. Uh, and I think that's been done more than once, uh, you know, because it's the thing about it that I think has really gotten away from some people is the time of the eyeball uh, that people look at something and they used to spend 10 seconds. Then it was six seconds. Then it, it, it's now it's just a blink. No, uh, oh, that's right. I mean, statistics and studies show that. So what kind of testimonial? I always say what's going to appeal, not necessarily right. just the content, but getting them to read it.
1: Well, you have, to, you have to change, of course, the visuals every two to three seconds to keep the person even looking at it. And you can still hear the testimonial, but I tell you, you're right. And I would say to people that they say, I don't, I don't know how to say this. I don't know what to say. And I said, well, you have to say it. It has to be something you believe. Do you believe that this is the best orange juice you ever drank in your whole life? I mean, it tastes like you're drinking the orange that you would eat. And they say, yes. And I went, say that. And they go, Okay. As, if, as long as you believe it, and you're right, that's what you have to do. It's almost like, let me take you by the hand and let you say the things that, that you've told me, but now all I need you to do is say them, and it's hard for me to do.
0: Well, and, and we're a testimony for an example. This is my experience where it may have been three or four or five sentences, say a paragraph, a normal paragraph. Today, your orange juice example, something like the very best, and that's my right. testimonial right and Mm -hmm. that's what people see the very best Uh, right they don't know what my taste factor is or anything but it says that people see that versus reading four or five sentences or a paragraph Mm -hmm. sometimes um you know i think the most successful people with testimonials just my observation uh, i don't have a background or expertise necessarily but i've used a lot of different techniques and seen how they work uh is the one that mixes that up so in other words the very best and then I have one that's three or four sentences. Something's got a little meat on the bone, you know, mm-hmm. the very best of what, you know. So you kind of mix them, right? And so if somebody wants to see the testimonial, right, then they will go to it. You know, that's one of the things we learn in business-to-business sales, which is where I started. Um, and I love, and in the businesses I had, I, and there was exceptions, but I love business-to-business. It's just a, it's a lot more saner or something about it, but. Uh, anyway, business-to-business business sales, uh, websites, especially small businesses, mm-hmm. and this is a point I could not get across to people for so long, is they used the website to verify who you were. It wasn't an SEO game, and then the SEO became more important, but you had to have a presence. It's kind of yes. like having a, a building. I had a really great sales manager tell me one time, teach me. He was a great teacher, guy from Chicago. He learned sales the hard way. But he says and he showed me back in the 50s and 60s you had a letterhead for your business right and on that letterhead oftentimes was a building or you know a little sketch Mm -hmm. and the building had nothing to do with your business but it made you seem big
1: that's exactly he told me he
0: says oh yeah everybody did that you know you just see that building and say oh, these guys are a big company (laughs) where it could be somebody working literally out of their garage, right?
1: (laughs) Right. So that's that's what a website
0: did. And the testimonials do for you is show people that at least you're, you know, you're organized. And just like anything else, I think it gives you, if you're sharp enough, smart enough, and willing to find good expertise in many fields in business. One of the things I'm really high on is, you know, getting good advisors, whether it be a lawyer, accountant, whatever, and the marketing, the website, uh, I just, it's just night and day. When you see a good website, even if it's a very small business, say it's just somebody in business for themselves, and you see something that screams, hey, I'm a bona fide business. I can deliver Mm -hmm. this product or these services, and you can feel comfortable about it. And then if you open the door, there's nothing there, but you can make sales.
1: Right. Yeah, what do you think about TikTok, about trying to get people on uh, on that kind of? I mean,
0: I've looked level. at that. I'm not a f- necessarily a fan. I've, I do some Facebook when I want to waste a little time, <laughs> and well, you know, I look yeah. at film clips and things. I'm just curious of different areas, how things are being done or what people do. Uh, but TikTok, I've never locked onto, and I suspect that my reluctance is. Uh, is the political discussion that's been going sure. on for several years. Sure. And they've been outlawed in Wyoming, I think, or Montana, uh, the whole thing. The the Chinese connection is something I've dealt with. I've had clients that, that buy a product in China and bring it back here, some sophisticated products, too, in the oil field. And that whole supply chain thing's got me concerned for them, and it's already— the pandemic just showed you talk oh, about changing your boy. business yeah. where you couldn't get stuff that you exactly. had to have um so I guess I've I've always been a little leery for whatever reason of that supply chain or that relationship with China well it, the it fact is. that TikTok came from there
1: I know it, they were so um, to me China was very ignorant if they wanted to really make this sell in here in in the United States they needed to come with you know, a lot more broader, uh, family-oriented, but it it just drew you in because of the numbers. That's what, you know, and a lot of people, celebrities, everybody else, I don't care what China's doing, but I got 5 million people watching me because I'm on TikTok. And so they don't, they that totally, you know, blinds them to anything that they, the to see that they're in bed with somebody that's, you know, not good, and and that uh, death to America kind of thing, and so it it probably would be better if they didn't do that. And your kids, especially, what they, you know, they're exposed to as well. So if you put your business on there, um, it may be it may be really tempting though because of the numbers of people that are going to see that. I just I don't know where else you could send them. Either, are there other places, or where would you send them to? Well, one thing, in, in, in back up on,
0: on a TikTok or, or even a Facebook or anything, when you say that all these people, again, in, as you well know, we, you've, you've got to find where the market is. The fact that I have a million Chinese people, for example, since we're talking about TikTok, that see my ad for my Italian restaurant, <laughs> it don't matter, <laughs> right? I mean, it's not going to bring one dime through the front door. Right. Uh, unless point. I get a mail order, right, for an order of spaghetti to go right. to Beijing,
1: to go to Beijing, <laughs> <laughs> you know. Well,
0: and that's that's what you got to remember, right? That it's uh, that's always there. I was in a and, and tell you about sending things, but this is uh, this morning. I was in I was mentoring a group of local business people in a CEO roundtable discussion, and one of the things that we were talking about is trends and one of the businesses is a marketing business, and he he shared that, he says, we follow trends. We look, that's how we determine where we want to be, and just that, and so we talked about it, because small businesses, a lot of times, are not even aware. You know, they got their heads down. Sure. They're opening the door in the morning. They're, you know, rolling out the carpet. Uh, they're cranking up the plant. They got the trucks moving, uh, and that, they don't see it, but one of the things that uh, that we got in our discussion was these trends today, whereas I may have built a relationship with China that would last 50 years back just 20, 30, 50 years ago, mm-hmm. today relationships, this, that, everything, what's hot, what's not, the time frame is just getting condensed and condensed. Really? So these I'm trends sure. shift. You know, sure. you started talking today about diet, and I was reading a week or two ago about how the major, a lot of the major food companies, are very concerned about these shots and pills yes. that go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. But the shots seem to be some of these drugs are very effective, and so it's going to change, and they've already seen their sales drop. Which is I, I don't get that because the number of people doing utilizing the medications or whatnot is still very low, but that's a trend. Yeah, but d- how I are they the, going to react?
1: I think it's the expense of the expense of what they're looking at. If they're talking about Ozempic and that that kind of stuff, because it was for diabetics, and then all of a sudden they started finding out that they were losing weight, then the people who want to lose weight became they, they wouldn't admit to being diabetic but they wanted to have that shot they wanted they wanted that and uh, to see how that would work with them so it i mean you see the conundrum and that because they go like wait a minute um we can make a lot of money guys you know like we can sell this for weight loss stuff and they went ahead and started doing that but it's expensive if you're not you know medicare is not going to but that's normal it? That.
0: it's a new product
1: yeah true
0: and, and so now with competition and there's what four and as or soon five as that's gonna, yeah that we know about yeah and it'll work itself down but you're right I've got a pony up 500 to a thousand dollars a month whatever it might be mm-hmm. um, and see there's already some differentiation in the price right you know, and some are more effective for people that need large amount of weight loss some you know it's it's, it's a market and, and again my point is that these trends, these these new products these bright ideas they're coming and if they can scale up fast enough Mm -hmm. then if it it it, you need to be careful if I'm in the food interest industry like the cereal business in this country has been has suffered now for a number of years and it started back up but all of a sudden I'm not gonna buy sugary cereal anymore because I'm getting a shot right? right and so all of a sudden their market just drops off again And they're already coming out with products. They put stuff in the pipeline to try to react and be properly positioned.
1: I'm so glad you said cereal. To meet the demand. Because when you and I used to buy cereal, that cereal went to the top, usually. And uh, now it started coming down. And whenever you'd pick up the sack from the thing and pull it up, it was like half of the cereal was there. And you went, I just got a box this big, and now I'm going to have to... And it would be so, you know, aggravating. And it's like the, with chips, the same with chips was, was uh, like, they think we're so stupid that that's what we, uh, you know, we're going to buy anything as long as it's um, it's good. But now they, and now you can take a, a can of Coke <laughs> that used to be able to, you know, took two hands. So, but now you can do it with one hand and crush it uh, with a little hand like that because they think we're, you know, you're not going to notice that I'm charging you more for that, and it's a lot less, it's so much smaller than it was before. That drives me <laughs> crazy. But, uh, of course, okay, now I've, let well, me, let me go back to your
0: question you had. What do I tell someone if, if their business, uh, TikTok's not an option, right? Mm-hmm. I say I wouldn't go there. It all, again, it all goes back to what their business is and what their market is. Right. Um, I mean, there's some people I've met in my career that are just unbelievable in determining a market. So you're going to sell these cell phones. What's the market? And they're unbelievable in digging into the market. A lot of it's statistics mm-hmm. to determine and tell you. But a lot of small business people don't want to spend the money. And again, this... So you don't know what your market really is. You feel like you do, right? I feel it. I feel it here, (laughs) right? It's it's
2: here.
0: And it's so foolish.
1: No, sure. No, you're Uh, right.
0: No, it depends. My answer would depend. Uh, I have the easy part is what I think. It's determining what that market is. That's You're going to customize it for that person. To fit the market. Mm -hmm. And to me, that's a no-brainer. But again, time and time again, I see people... They just failed to do that.
1: Well, they're so, <coughs> they're so believing in this idea they have, and they can vision, you know, having the big company and the big buildings and all the employees and all, and they want to do that so bad. And like you say, though, if they don't have the strategy, if they don't have the plan, if they don't have the discipline to stick with it and get through some bad times, when, the, when those bad times come, you, what you're going to have to try and do, do you... Do you all do that kind of counseling like when somebody's hit hit a wall and like you know they they want to give up and you want to you want them to you see that it's going this isn't going to last you're going to be okay you just have to get through it
0: yes i mean that's that's normally like anything we don't go to the doctor unless we feel we're sick so people when they are their business in their mind is sick they'll seek out and that, and that's one of the things Cindy I want to mention in our community here In Montgomery County Harris County next to us there are so many resources out there of quality people and processes that even that don't necessarily cost you anything or cost very little to visit with you people I mean you've got Houston Community College they've got their own school of entrepreneurship and tremendous programs and some of them are remote, some of them you go on. They have their own campus for entrepreneurship over in the A-Leaf area.
1: Oh, they do. Oh, you've
0: got right down the street from where we're sitting right now is you've got St. Thomas, uh, the same kind of thing. You've got uh, the Small Business Administration has a program where you can walk in and someone will be there to help you uh, You know, do what you do. Um, our organization, the Silver Fox uh, advisors we're an association of men and women we finished our main career track and we stay want to stay involved and a lot of us have a practice like i did where i charge and work with businesses and stuff but we all do ceo roundtables
1: well, okay wh- how which don't
0: cost you anything
1: these people are listening to you and they're going like i want to i want to be with this guy i want to party with him and they want to they want you to advise them would they still have that chance or are you are you Doing other things now.
0: Well, again, I, I represent several chances for people to connect. One is through our own Conroe Lake Conroe Chamber of Commerce, we have a CEO roundtable, which I mentioned I was at this morning. We meet on a monthly basis. It's a collection of businesses, and it doesn't cost you anything. You need to be a member of the chamber, right? but it's voluntary, and we've got a just a really good group of business people in different businesses. And we just come in and share our challenges and help each other, kind of like having your own advisory board. Right,
1: right. Well, that's Uh, what— So that's available. The Chamber of Commerce has always, you know, been there for people to do things like that. I don't think they they get enough publicity about it, but
0: I'm glad you said that. But this chamber is is really forward-thinking. And the Foxes are located throughout the city of Houston and have these roundtables through various organizations. We even do roundtables for nonprofits— uh, here in Montgomery County we have two of those so we work on the business side of the nonprofits and uh we've you know it's we've got 18 19 members total nonprofit members so that's one thing uh oh, one that's way that's great the second way they can get that I can help them if they come to me uh i've got like 50 silver foxes from all kinds of backgrounds from fortune 100 i mean president ceo of a fortune 100 company down to a guy like me that just started businesses and built them sold them uh and but everything do i in go between. to
1: silverfox.com or what
0: silverfox.org.org and you can look for an advisor and we're independent so we all have different arrangements of how we work and you're but, listed in that and and, and and but if they ask me i will say well here here's two or three people i know in the organization that would really have a background to help you Right. So I can refer them directly okay. into okay. that, and then the third way, which I mentioned, some of the programs, uh, for an example, the Houston Community College program, they have an annual business plan competition, and they don't just you don't just show up and compete. They run you through a series of classes to teach you about how to start your business, how to build the plan, and all that. Okay. And then if you're successful, you win a whole bunch of money. Uh, I mean, it's very competitive. <laughs> wow. But you have advisors, uh-huh. some of the silver foxes, some are just business people uh, that work with you. It's invaluable. Of and course. the cost to do that is just minimal. Uh, and that's a real short term, like two or three months total. Right. And you just come out of there uh, well, all, much better Inspired, equipped, yeah, and, you know,
1: and inspired. It. Even if
0: you don't win the big money, right, you're – you do well. It's
1: winning the big money would be a good thing, but um, but we're talking to Rick Schisler, and he is the host of the Weekly Business Hour. Uh, and what? Tell me what day they can, they can get catch you right here. When can they? Well, watch we broadcast
0: you? live every Monday at eleven a.m. right here on Lone Star Community Radio, and again, we focus on educating, communicating. Uh, we have like a little community, and uh, always have a featured guest, either an entrepreneur. To our local business person uh, or an expert, and our experts have they come from all over the country and they talk about an expertise whether it be insurance for the business. Uh, this past week, we had an expert to talk about what you and I were talking about earlier exiting your business. Uh, it's a company that has 10 offices throughout the country that work with small businesses under 50 million down to you know, just any business and help them exit. sell their business. Oh. And they actually do the selling part. And it was really interesting. I mm-hmm. have had other guests that do that, but I learned something uh, all the time about how these companies help you. Put, in other words, use their expertise. They've got a fee. I mean, you got to pay for this. Mm-hmm. But if you truly want to sell your business. Um, but anyway, so we are we able to attract some really great experts to, to come on and talk about areas that would benefit or that every business or most businesses need that kind of expertise.
1: And that's 11 o'clock, 11 o'clock on Monday. Can people um, go to the Lone Star Community Radio uh, web, um, website, Facebook page, and can they go ahead and write comments about what they'd like to know about in that?
0: Well, what I do of- is I do a segment in the show called The Mailbag. Uh-huh. And that's, there's encouragement throughout the show to send me an email to rick, R-I-C-K, at IRLoneStar.com. And so what people do is one of the things uh, they can do is say, hey, I got a business challenge or I've got a question. And they send it to me and either I answer a lot of them on the air, uh-huh. in the mailbag, if you will, or I respond directly to them uh, with awesome. an email. But everybody gets an answer. Uh, gets a response
1: That's good I wish I'd known about that When I tried to get a hold of you <laughs> I got the mail back Poor Rick He's driving lot. Your son has this very same um, You know Problem with me Because He's he's trying Trying to drive home From work And I call him And I said Rick So when are you going to be on the show I said What are you doing right now and, uh, Are you busy Well I'm trying to drive home <laughs> That's That's And and he's usually, you know, doing stuff as well. And I and he goes, he doesn't answer with hello though. You're very nice. He goes, are you okay? Okay, all right. Call me later. And then uh, and that's it. He's um, he doesn't have your. I don't think your sense of how to be sweet and kind and patient. Do you? Do well, you feel that's that?
0: that's not necessarily true. I'm, I'm going to give you my uh, my secret. Okay. I grew up in a family business. Uh, and I was the first of my generation born, and this is a story I tell it often because I used to get teased by the family. My mother worked in the business like a lot of people. This is post-World War II. Grandparents started the business, and my mother and my dad met at, at college at SMU. My dad's from Philadelphia, And my mother got my dad a a job as a night watchman. Back then, we didn't have burglar arms. We had night watchmen. But anyway, the long (laughs) and short, between my mother and her father, particularly, who my dad got along, they got along really well, convinced my dad to come into the business. They didn't even finish college, my mother and dad. And so here comes my dad, my mother, with my grandfather and my grandmother. They were in the business every day. And when I was born, I was in the business In a little basket, supposedly, sitting on my mother's desk. She was the bookkeeper, or (laughs) one of the bookkeeper, until my sister was born, and then she retired permanently. But I grew up in this business, Mm -hmm. and one of the things I learned along the way, because you couldn't buy the education I got, uh, was the most important employee, my dad used to tell me, in the whole company, was the single most important, the receptionist.
2: And it's all about
0: impression, and when people call— and it was always a hard job to fill because it was boring at times. And we used to talk about that. So, so. I was taught, literally taught, and I listened. I used mm-hmm. to be a really good listener about how to answer the phone, how to talk to people, how to respond. Yes, ma'am, thank you, please. And those things get you a long way. Yes. Sometimes it doesn't seem that way. Every time I've used the word help in my life that I can recall, can you help me with this? Ninety eight percent of the time I got the help, even from some of the roughest, toughest, you know, grumpiest people. When you say, can you help me?
1: And the magic word was, please, can you help me? And uh, and it works. And it, it does work. I think uh, Richard is amazing. He has to do so many things at one time. And so I really a, a lot of times, I mean, I just tease him. I don't know if he's teasing me, but he, I tease because uh it makes for more interesting conversation. But uh, he's he's really good, and I really have appreciated him letting me be here. And he just says, Cindy, just let me know if you're having a stroke or if something's happening, what to look for, and I can go to break. And that's all he asks. It's so nice of him to, <laughs> to do well, that. Well, you know,
0: that's, that's the heart of what we're doing here at Lone Star Community Radio is people have an opportunity to have their own show.
1: Yes. And
0: they can come in. I mean, it's they got to have some sense about it, got to have a plan, right? Right,
1: of right. Of what
0: they're doing, what they want to do. Uh, they have to follow some rules because the FCC's out there oh, and yes. so on and so forth. But it's a nonprofit <laughs> community project. And Dick uh, came to me some years ago and had this idea, and he was super passionate about it. Yes. About Bring the a community, this community, together, and he's making it is. stronger. Yes. And uh, it's a small piece of it, but it's an important piece.
1: Well, it is. It really is. And I have just, re- I've enjoyed it so much. I-, I wanted to go on radio before I went on TV. That's where I wanted to be. And so whenever this all happened and we- it was so close to us, that's what i'm so excited about that and he's doing this and i know what this means wrap it up thank you rick so much you guys rick on monday 11 o'clock and y'all uh just tune in this station yes for sure and uh i'm here tuesday wednesday and thursday and live streaming and so i get to be with your son so much more than you do i'm so sorry but uh, he's a he's a jewel uh, listen who else is is chris With the Wooten Financial Group, our sponsor, and also the first responders. We always want to say how much we respect you, love you, and thank you so much for uh, joining us today, everybody. And thank you, Rick, again, so much. Thank you, Cindy. See ya.
3: Every week, people ask the same two questions. Are they ready to retire? Will their savings last for their lifetimes? Hi, this is Chris Wooten with Wooten Financial Group. Our firm has been in Montgomery County for decades, but the hopes and dreams of the people we serve never change. We help answer these two questions and many more that people have about their uncertain financial future. We have a simple introductory client experience that allows us to get to know the client and includes a few meetings for the client to kick the tires at no charge. We provide a concise one-page summary that helps the client get a better handle on which questions are the right questions for them. To learn more about Wooten Financial Group's process in helping their clients to a clearer financial future and to see their contact information, visit Cindy Cochrane show page on IRLoneStar.com forward slash TCCS. Wooten Financial Group is a proud sponsor of the Cindy Cochran Show. Wooten Financial Group is available by phone at 936-449-5952 or visit them on the web at www.wootenfinancial.com. That's www.
2: This program is sponsored by the Wooten Financial Group. It is not the intent of Wooten Financial Group to render or offer personalized investment advice or financial planning advice through this radio program or any related website. Wooten Financial Group's participation in this program is limited to providing general information on financial matters and should not be construed as financial recommendation or investment advice. Investment advisory services are offered through Game Plan Advisors, Inc., a registered investment advisor registered with the Securities and Exchange Commission and the State of Texas. Insurance services are offered through Wooten Financial Group, Inc. Game Plan Advisors and Wooten Financial Group, Inc. are affiliated through Common Ownership and neither firm is affiliated with The Cindy Cochran Show. No listener should assume that any information presented and or made available on this program serves as the receipt of or a substitute for personalized individual advice from game plan advisors, Wooten Financial Group, or any of their representatives.
3: We have the safest food supply in the world.